Welcome to the Good Divorce Show. Not every divorce needs to end in disaster. It's time to see divorce in another perspective. Here to help with that is your host, Karen McNinney. Hello, and thank you for joining me today here on The Good Divorce Show, where we help you find a path to your own good divorce. And today is really unique because I have mother and daughter on the show. We are welcoming Maggie Hickox. Hello, Maggie. And her daughter, Kara Dami. Thank you both for taking part of your time together to discuss the journey. And this is unique because we've not had a parent and adult child come on to the show and share those perspectives between parent and child and the journey of the divorce and what that looks like, which now the divorce in question that we're going to talk about was what, 30 years ago, about 40, (laughs) 40 years ago. Yeah. Maggie, give us a little background. Um, You and your husband at the time, Bill had been married uh, just shy of 10 years and a couple of daughters. What else do we need to know about those early stages. And when you met, I think people are always curious, were you high school sweethearts? Did you meet on a blind date and get married 10 days later? Um, Actually, he was a customer at the bank I worked at. And he also worked for the same company that my father worked at. And I was 22 at the time and he was 30, 31. He was eight and a half years older than me. So we were married a year and a half before she came along. And Kara? Uh, yep. So I'm the, I'm the eldest and I have one sister who is three years younger than me. Her name is Corey. And so life is moving along, uh, as one would suspect new young family and taking us up to, you know, those early days and that decision of, um, there's going to be a disillusion of the marriage and, Kara, did you and your sister have any sort of idea or hint? I think sometimes we we have this belief that our kids don't hear and see as much as they do. We definitely had, um, we definitely witnessed them not getting along, just sort of struggling to communicate. You know, arguing, I wouldn't say it was ever like to crazy but i just remember just it just seemed like there was tension and frustration and something going on did it ever occur to you that your parents might get divorced you know i don't think i really thought along that i think it occurred to me more after once they told us i was like okay that actually makes sense kind of Mm. as i've been seeing and hearing it was more kind of how it came about for me And I think that's a great reminder to our listeners that, you know, as parents, we try to protect our children from so much, but they, they know, and, and if they don't actually know, they just start making stuff up and our imaginations and stories can get really wild. So there's a certain almost relief and comfort and like, oh, here's the truth of it. And yes, that does make sense. Maggie, would you agree that Kara's sense of tension and discord in the house was that accurate in your experience as well extremely the tension was and we didn't it our, i think my age had a lot to do with it i didn't know how to communicate well um and i i take a lot of the blame for that because um he was older and he could speak his mind and i wasn't able to do it so mm-hmm. It's so gracious of you to take ownership in that way, even all these decades later. And, you know, we all recognize there are two people in a marriage, probably having very different experiences of that marriage, but we all contribute in our own way and have fingerprints on the final outcome. Without sharing, you know, the private precious parts of your personal life, can you talk a little bit about what was going on for you in terms of leading up to the decision to leave the marriage? Well, I was a stay-at-home mom for the most part, and I felt like there was nothing there for me except my two children. Um, He traveled. I never felt that he was there for me and sometimes not for the girls. And in the 70s, two girls who at the time, Kara, how old were you when 
when you came to learn about the divorce? Nine. Was I nine? I think Corey was around somewhere around six and nine. Yeah. So just starting elementary school, kindergarten, second grade, somewhere in that neighborhood. And um, being a stay-at-home mom, do you recall some of your your fears and hesitations around making this decision, Maggie? Um, nobody ever wants to break up a family. No. This is a stability for children that age. and But it was to the point where I was so unhappy, I believe I was starting to be make my daughters unhappy. And I think that was probably one of my prime decisions to uh, do this because I didn't want my children to be unhappy. Boy, again, one of those divorce mantras, stay for the children, stay for the children. And I've heard it said, I need to leave for the children. I need to be a different kind of parent and a different kind of partner to model that for my children. I had to leave for me to be a better mother because I was actually falling into depression. Mm. And you can't be a good mother when you're like that. No. Do you actually have memories of that, Kara? Or as you reflect back now as an adult, do you see that shift and change in your mom pre-divorce, post-divorce? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like I mentioned before, I don't think until I was much older, I could have peeled back the onion layers um, on the intricacies of it. But at that point in time, it was seeing somebody happy who previously wasn't happy. And so when I saw that, I knew it started to click into place. Okay. Mm. You know, when, you, when I saw my parents, um, both of them move into a place of happiness. Yeah. And, and would you say as a result that your experience as a young person, having just more happy adults in your life was beneficial? Yeah, hugely for sure. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's kind of looking back on it now, again, I don't think I would have been necessarily been able to put the words to it, but in some ways we became a better family. We became more of a family. Um, Oh, I do want to hear more about that. You know, just a a, a stronger family, I guess, a healthier family. Um, It felt like, you know, they treated each other uh, better Mm -hmm. once they decided to for sure get a divorce. And you agree with that, Maggie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a theory of how and why that works that way? Probably because I was so unhappy. I was making everybody unhappy. And when I got out, I could communicate better with him. We had to talk. We had to talk about the kids and finances. And I didn't communicate well. Mm. So there was a transformation, not only of the family, but of the individuals inside the family. Absolutely. So at some point, the decision becomes clear. This marriage is going to dissolve. And then the the really dreaded conversation, how will we tell our children and how will they respond? Maggie, can you unpack and unfold how that came about in your household? Well, it was my first big divorce mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I told the girls without him. And he was angry. (laughs) We were supposed to do it together. I did not think about it. I didn't know it. I just kind of plunged in. We were in the car driving and, you know, I just kind of. Out it came. Had you made a plan together to talk to the kids or you're retrospectively like, oh yeah, we probably should have done it together, but we didn't really have any kind of plan. So the moment presented itself and And out it came. Yes. What do you remember from that moment, Kara? Uh, You know, you know how people talk about uh, um, how smells can bring back like memories or nostalgia or whatever. It's, 
it's kind of similar to that. It's like it was sort of just a visceral feeling. I, I remember being in the car. I remember driving. I can kind of picture even like the area outside of Chicago that we were driving in. Because um, I think and I, you know, and I think that some of those little details just come in because it was just like, whoa, wait, what? We're not going to be together in the same house anymore. Okay, wait, <laughs> this is big. <laughs> So I think it just, I think I have those acute um, details that I remember because of that moment, because it kind of hit me and it hit me hard, you know, and not that I was, I wouldn't say I was overcome with sadness or anything. It was just more like, okay, this is strange. I, I hadn't pictured what this would look like. Sure. And, and the fact that even, you know, 40 years later, 30 20, 10 days. Um, I'm always reminding the families that I work with that you're writing a story. Let's be very intentional and thoughtful about it because the day in which you tell the kids, the words you use, the location that is forever embedded in them. That is a story they will forever carry with them. And at times repeat so Maggie, let's not have any shame judgment uh, on anyone. These are unchartered territories um, and nobody knows, frankly, how to get divorced or how to do it right, which is part of what we're trying to shift here in the conversation around the good divorce. If you were to do it different in retrospect, what oh, comes to mind now with all the years of wisdom and, and rearing your children? Well, if it comes back to communication, mm -hmm. I didn't communicate well. That was one little step towards me being able to sit down and talk with him, to talk with Bill and say, you know, because we had decisions to make about what their futures were and, you know, even who's going to take them clothes shopping and who's going to. So that was my first step towards. I learned from that mistake and mm -hmm. I would definitely have done it as a sit down with all four of us together my sister Corey um we sh she was three years younger so she was six and you know I don't really have any memory of us um unpacking it like together at that point in time um you know we were we were close and definitely spent a ton of time together and I think just having each other was like physically and emotionally was the big thing. Not that we were processing in any of that behind the scenes. I think just the fact that we had each other and that we were close um, was that processing is how that played out. That the relationship um, I think gets even more galvanized often and particularly kids that are shuffling between homes what we forget is that now the primary relationship isn't necessarily parent-child, it's sibling. They're the person that goes on the road trip, that is in both homes, that um, is the constant because the parent is no longer the everyday constant in some cases. I couldn't agree more. I, again, like, I don't always have the best long-term memory. My sister's is much better than mine. Um but I do remember, I like, I remember being in the car with her, you know, backseat going back and forth or being with one parent or the other, like those, those moments together were huge. Mm -hmm. And such a gift to have each other. Absolutely. Well, beyond that initial conversation in the car, the story continued. And not only did you find new love, Maggie, but also your former spouse, Bill, found new love and the family continued to grow. And when we get back from the break, we're going to hear more from Kara and Maggie, our mother-daughter duo today, talking about the long, decades-long journey of the decision of divorce and reminding all our listeners that those other millions of micro decisions along the way cast a very long shadow over the course of people's lives. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show For women, men, children, and families Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent To bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern To The Catherine Zox Show on The Voice America Channel Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Welcome back, listeners. We are chatting today with Kara and Maggie, mother-daughter duo, and just reflecting on you know Maggie's decision in the mid-70s to leave her marriage at right around the 10-year mark, two daughters, six and nine years old, Kara being the eldest of those siblings. So you and Bill then, Maggie, had to sit down and and start having some new conversations about how you were going to raise these children in in partnership still um, across two homes. What were the highlights that you recall from that time? We actually did a couple counseling sessions. Awesome. Um, And... His was more towards trying to save the marriage. Mine was more towards trying to make it an amicable departure, which worked out. But basically, we would, mostly we would, and you communicated. We did not have text. We We had to sit down together. There was no getting around. So I think that was really helpful that you had to go face to face um, to discuss, logistics if nothing else but anyway yeah we sat down face to face and i think um i think that was a really good thing to do i do believe that the things we say face to face are different than the things we say behind our screens we call this keyboard courage which is usually not very courageous it's actually usually the opposite and we text and email and it's one-sided so um, yeah, good for you to come together. And and what what was the decision, Kara? What was the announcement of how you were going to live this new life? Uh, we spent Sundays with my dad, so we lived the um, you know the majority of the time with my mom, and then would just visit him um, for one weekend day. And then there was I don't remember. I mean you split up holidays and mm-hmm. we kind of shared that we would do, you know, vacations here and there with my dad. I don't remember. I mean, you probably, mm-hmm. if there was a specific structure to it, I don't remember. I just know that we, it was kind of spatterings of time there. Well, my family's really simple. We don't have to have Christmas on the 25th of December. <laughs> have it on the 26th. So it was easy to just for myself and my family to have Thanksgiving on Saturday. Holidays were really easy. All during the school year, you lived in one home. Were were you in the same town? 20 minutes, half hour drive? Oh, at the most. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on traffic. (laughs) Always depending on traffic. 
And now there was a period of time, Maggie, I'm guessing that you were really a single parent. Yes. I had to get a job. I mean, that was the worst part. Um, actually, the girls were so easy. For the most part, I was blessed at those early ages. They helped me through it. You know, mm-hmm. they were there for me. And uh, I think we had a pretty easy time of it. And you had to go out and get a job. And again, in that era and that generation, it's not uncommon. And I think a lot of women in particular, although it can certainly happen with men as well, you almost feel held hostage by your marriage because if I'm not here, what am I going to do? How will I support myself? What did you end up doing? What was your professional journey post-divorce? I don't know how professional it was, but I was an administrator in a real estate real estate office. It all counts, Maggie. It all counts out there supporting your children and yourself. It's very impressive. And it's a big, courageous leap um, to take that on. I enjoyed it. And a little flexibility was involved. You know, if I had to take off and, you know, get one of the girls to a doctor's appointment or something, it was, they were very, very helpful with that. So good gift at that time. And not only did you go searching for a job and a career and a way to support you and your daughters, but you also decided to go searching for love again, or maybe love found you. Um, But I would love to hear from both of you a bit about how this new person emerged in the family and and the role that he played for all of you. Um, He was actually a friend. I met him afterwards. I had another part-time job in a video store and he had pizzeria out front. And, and when he learned about the divorce, you know, he had an old table he gave to me and, you know, he helped move that in and helped me a lot. You know, he even brought us a Christmas tree that first year. The rest was history. Yeah. And then <laughs> just kind of grew. And is Rob still in the picture? Yes, we've been married. Well, it'll be 38 years in September. Congratulations. And what do you remember of Rob showing up early on in the scene, Kara? He was a pretty fun guy. I remember him. Um, he he liked to play the drums. He was really into playing the drums. He was really into classic rock. I just like thought to myself, hmm, this guy's pretty cool. I found a pretty cool guy. Um, took you to your first uh, concert. I know. He did. He <laughs> took me to lots of concerts. He's so great. Uh, you know, the first for me, really, though, all jokes aside, um, he, my mom was happy. I saw my mom happy and it was in that those moments where, you know, I had, I knew that, you know, my, my mom and dad, you know, as they were divorcing, I knew that things weren't great and they were having hard time and, you know, had heard arguing and stuff, but it wasn't really until I saw my mom happy with another person that it sunk in for me. Like, Oh wow! Okay, he, this is this is a good thing. This is better. This feels better. I might not have fully understood why it was better at that time, but it I could see it was better for her, and it felt better for my sister and I too. Oh, that's such a beautiful sentiment, and and such a beautiful gift that you're offering up to our listeners. For those who are wondering, divorce is only going to damage my children. That is a myth. It is not a truth. And Maggie, clearly you went out as you were, you know, considering bringing someone into the family and a new partner with fresh eyes. What was the new lens? And did you feel hesitation, excitement as you thought about repartnering? Actually, I was scared. (laughs) I bet. I mean, I kept questioning, am I going to feel this way in 10 years? Am I going to have to go through this again? I was very hesitant and I was very scared, but he was, he's a really good man. I'm very spoiled. So at any rate, no, it's, it it was lovely. Absolutely lovely. And is there anything you can point to that you were bringing with you from your first marriage and that experience into here's my list of do's and don'ts. If I were to do it again, my big biggest is if there's an issue Don't try to sweep it under the rug. Face it head on, discuss it, because if you try to ignore things, which I did in my first marriage, because I didn't want to upset anybody, I, you know, if we had something going on, 
we hit it right on. Yeah, that was that was the most because that was my biggest failure in the first marriage was I, man, I'm a bad communicator. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah, and feeling you know in a new relationship that sounds like there was more capacity, emotionally safe, trusting. And, and that you were bringing a new version of yourself to your second marriage. When I was 10, 11 years older. Yes. I wasn't 22 years old. <laughs> it's amazing what the wisdom of time will do for all of us. And, and so now, Kara, there is this new father figure in your life. And I'm curious how that impacted your relationship with your biological father, Bill, and still having kind of those weekend and vacation time visits. And you and your sister were heading into the tween teen years as stepdad Rob was showing up. How did it go? You know, this is one of the things that I have so much respect um, for my parents towards. Um, or towards my parents for, excuse me. And that is that now they're humans and I know, and I, and I definitely learned later once I was older and we could kind of get to the nitty gritty a little bit more about emotions and frustrations and, and feelings um, that they kind of had to work through in those early years after the divorce. But my dad showed nothing but respect for Rob, he would say all the time that he seemed like a really great guy. And from what he knew of him, he was, and then he was really good for my mom. And um, he was, my dad was awesome about it. He was, um, it just made it, it just made it so, it made it feel really good. And, you know, he might've had some things that he was working through, but at that time and at our ages, he didn't pull us into that. That was his stuff, not our stuff. Um, and I have a lot of respect for that. And it's not because I don't think we should be dishonest or, or keep the truth, but now that I am a parent, I know that there are just some things that, that are mine that are weights that my kids don't necessarily need to carry. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a truth, whether we're married or divorced. Yeah. And sometimes in the divorce process, we turn into these like hyper truth telling beings that we think I'm keeping secrets for my kids. Well, I'm not going to lie to them. Well, I'm not going to be deceptive. And we, we all know the story. There are the things that we tell and the things we don't tell. And so that's why the reminder is, you know, deception is different than discretion. Exactly. And adult discretion is a like superpower that we should exercise, particularly when we're having strong feelings about our former spouse or their new partners. Maggie, was it hard for you? Because uh, you also saw then Bill go on and remarry. Kareem. I was really happy for him. Um, Say more. Well, I really, I'm, well, and okay, honestly, it took some of my guilt off. <laughs> that he was happy and I mean I carried guilt and when I saw him remarry and um become more and more successful in his job which he loved I think it was wonderful because even though you didn't want to be married to him it sounded like you did want him to have happiness in the same way that you wanted it for yourself of course and this is an you know and he was really Good man. Oh, and and you said you referenced that even on his deathbed he was trying to work because the the truth that our listeners don't realize yet is that Bill did pass away um, about a decade ago. Yep, two thousand thirteen. Mm hmm. And when we come back from our break, we're going to hear a little bit more about that journey and these other layers of grief and loss and family transformation and the family that Bill also then chose and invited into his life when he married Corrine, including two additional children, your step-siblings to you, Kara. So listeners, please stay with us. There's more to unfold with Maggie and Kara.
Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you're looking for a break from everyday life and want to keep yourself occupied with a fun and quirky show, tune into Musings of a Super Doer with Christina Kendall. Christina and her guests are sure to entertain you with their topics on investing, parenting, working, writing, reading, loving, giving, and all the other things that keep them busy. Musings of a Superdoer, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for staying with us today as we talk with Kara and her mother, Maggie, about the long divorce journey, decades old now, but still it leaves a remnant because it has fingerprints all over the people that were involved. And and Maggie, you were talking about even just your almost relief and delight when your former husband remarried Corrine, came with two, she came with two children, and in some ways it lifted the guilt that you had and more than just, oh, the guilt, I'm leaving this marriage, but it was also the man you were leaving and the story of of his history and how the impact of this divorce really could have had such a negative um, ricochet. And Kara, even as an adult child of divorce, you have an appreciation of that. Um, what was it that you knew about your dad and what your mom and he did that, well, you describe it as a stable divorce? Yeah, I do. I, I I think that my mom or my dad was a an only child and um it was just him and his mom. His dad left when he was really young and there really aren't a lot of details there and he never heard from his dad again. And so there wasn't a ton of family on my dad's side. I did have a non-biological grandpa who was not married to my grandma, uh, they were just kind of together for a lot of years. So I just think that if, you know, my parents really handled the divorce so well, and um, they stayed in each other's lives. And, you know, they both come to birthday parties, or like my mom tells the story of my dad coming to one of her family reunions, you know, he's still, we were still a family, right. And, based on my dad's, you know, past, I, I sometimes think back now with my adult glasses on looking back, like if he didn't have that, if the divorce wasn't stable, that would have been, I think, so hard for him, you know? And I think it, it really helped um, him too, that we all were able to stay together as a family. 
Maggie, you had him to your family reunion. Was was it what was it like to make those decisions of continuing to share space with him? He was the father of my children. He's he's family. No, I you can't look at it any other way. My parents liked him. Um, my brothers, my sisters, they all liked him. They they were they were all at well, my parents weren't at his funeral because they were gone, but all my siblings were there. Um mm-hmm. so, so these these stepchildren, so you're really the one, Kara, then that was um, you know, invited. <laughs> thrust into a blended family, but kind of semi-blended. Right. So then um, my dad did eventually meet Corrine and they eventually got married and she had two children and they were like high school, you know, sort of end of high school-ish age um, when they came into our world. So they were older than my sister and I. Um, And it kind of the same thing happened um, when I watched my dad go through that and find happiness for himself, the same sort of thing. And maybe even not more so, but in a different way, because we did spend so much time with my mom and my dad was living alone for most of the week. And it was so great to see him then build or, you know, then have all of a sudden this other family or, extended family for me um, because it's like his house filled up, his life filled up again. And it's not that my sister and I weren't part of his life, but it was cool to see his daily life, his weekly life expand. And um, like with my mom, to see him be happy Mm -hmm. was great. Mm -hmm. And did you ever live in the same home with the step uh, siblings, Eric and Carrie? Or was it more of a cousin relationship that sometimes we see each other on trips and gatherings? Yeah. You know, because of the age difference and because we didn't really spend a ton of time living at my dad's house and we're just primarily there on Sundays. And as we started to get older and have more activities of our own, sometimes we wouldn't even do that as much. So then we just kind of have to make different times to see my dad, like go out to dinner on a night or, you know, something just carve out different times as we got older. So no, I mean, we, we never really were, had that opportunity to get super close. Like you do when you're living under the same. Um, mm-hmm. someone. And I think it's really unique because I hear you saying you weren't resentful of your dad for kind of bringing this new family into his life, you also were celebrating that for your dad. Yeah, I I definitely was. And of course, it's kind of be uncomfortable and strange to like navigate those new waters of all of a sudden having your, I'm, I kind of have a, a brother and, and a sister that I don't really know and didn't know before. And now I'm, you know, calling them my stepbrother and sister. So yeah, it's, it's awkward. (laughs) It's like you, you have growing pains for sure. But as a kid, I guess it's good to learn that lesson too, because that's a reality of life, whether we're talking about divorce or not. So true. As we mentioned before the break, sadly, your father passed away uh, a decade ago. And Maggie, you and your siblings and family were at the funeral spoke, I believe. This is part of what Kara was was kind of highlighting of her high respect. Can you tell us a little bit about that day and the the complex feelings of your ex-husband dying, but then still showing up for him and his family, if you will? It was very sad, but it was also joyful to the number of people whose lives he affected. I mean, it was a packed, packed service. And that to me showed the world what a good man that he was. And I am grateful for the time I had with him. And I'm grateful for the two girls that I got. And I think we forget there is a love story embedded in every divorce. Most, I can't say every, but I think more often than not, there is a love story. These children are born from love and that we don't have to discard all of that when we discard the marriage. We really can hold on to some wonderful 
feelings and support and delight for this other person that at some point I very intentionally chose to marry and have children with. And I think even so too, like as my sister and I got older, even before my dad died, we got a little bit of this from him and also from my mom, like there'll be times where they'll just be honest. They'll be like, you know, at one point in time, I can't think of a great example, like dad, your dad really frustrated me when he did this or, you know, like that kind of stuff. So we, as we got Mm -hmm. older, we started to hear some of the more real stories, like kind of like it wasn't all just roses. There were things that they were working through behind the scenes, like we mentioned before that my sister and I weren't pulled into. Um, But it's also nice as we've gotten older to be like, okay, yeah, I know you had to work at that. It wasn't, it wasn't divorces take work, you know, (laughs) they take work. Yes. As do marriages. And again, we, we, we always talk about fight for the marriage get an account. We can also fight for the good divorce. Mm -hmm. And it is still a relationship that needs to be tended to. Um, You're currently married, Kara. I'm sure there's days where you feel great frustration with your partner and husband. Whether we're married or divorced, there's there's moments and days that all humans are going to just irritate us. Yes, for sure. So now we come into this, this present day and Kareen, who, you know, played the role of stepmother during uh, a chapter of your life, uh, sadly, also her son, Eric, passed away, and then her husband, your father, and the family morphs again. What does it look like today, those relationships? Well, unfortunately, my... um... My stepmom and I don't really have um, much connection anymore after my my dad passed away. Um, we kind of lost touch with each other. Nothing specific happened, but I mean, I think there are just layers there, and I probably don't even fully understand all those layers, but we, without the conduit of my dad there, mm-hmm. uh, something just there was a fissure that that kind of happened there and yet there are this other part of the family that has grown abundantly and i am curious about your relationship with your stepdad and did you ever feel like you know there was the 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 dad debates is there room for both in your life what has rob come to represent uh in your life as a young adult and adult um gosh, I don't know where I'd be without Rob. Uh, He is, yeah, he is, you know, when my dad was alive, he played a huge role. Um, You know, Rob was very, uh, Rob is a huge communicator, (laughs) maybe even a bit of an over communicator. And I say that with love, but you know, he would, you know, say to my sister and I, he, he, um, he really tried to kind of move in slowly. You know, he always said to us, I'm not, I don't want to take the place of your dad. I'm not going to disrespect your dad. I don't want to step on your dad's toes. Um, so I feel like there was a lot of years of him just kind of, and he didn't have his own biological kids. So, you know, he had to learn how to be a parent. And that was a, a messy, beautiful, awesome journey for him too. It's, you just all of a sudden, you know, one day you are a parent to two girls it are whatever we were at that point you, in time. Eight and 10, 11, nine. So um, that's, you know, we had to give space for that too, even though as teenagers, that wasn't always easy to do, right? Because we were teenagers, but he was great about, you know, um, give you know just honoring my dad and then trying just trying to play his own support role um in his own way so i think that that was really important and then you know as the years passed by and all of that stuff kind of faded away a little bit more it just he was just my dad too they were both my dads and um i mean when I introduce Rob if if you don't know us super well i'm just going to introduce him as my dad it's it's just He's just my dad. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's great, uh, you know, to have him in my world and he's just been a huge support. Mm -hmm. He introduced you to the mountains. 
He did introduce <laughs> me. He brought me out west. That's why everyone out here in Montana gets to gets <laughs> to enjoy my company. Thanks to Rob and Maggie. I'm curious as that was happening, and you talked about you know the, not only the nervousness of starting a new relationship, but bringing someone into your family uh, in this father figure role to your daughters. Were you coaching behind the scenes? Did you talk about this other dad business? What was your perspective of that journey? No, I felt that they all had to work it out on their own. I mean, if I got in the middle of it, oh, you know, when they did have an argument and all kids have arguments with their parents, when they did get into an argument, the worst thing I could do was get in the middle of it. I would try to walk away, (laughs) let them figure it out. Mm. So really gave them space to build their own relationship. And did you just feel secure in your heart that this man, because, you know, we, as parents, we usually get to start with infants and work our way up to teenagers, but he was thrown into the fire and it sounds like came to it very naturally. Did you have concerns though? They're your precious daughters. Well, I absolutely had concerns. My goal in life is for my daughters to be happy and um i was very concerned that disrupting changing would affect their stability their happiness um so yeah i was very concerned but like i said sometimes i just had to grit my teeth and stand back and let it let it let the cards fall where they may Mm-hmm. It worked out pretty much. So Kara, your sister, Corey, who was a little bit younger than you, how do you think she would represent this experience? Similar or radically different? Um, I She would have her own nuances to it. Um, she, she would remember things differently than I do. She has a much better long-term memory than I do. So she probably has some like little details and nits and grits that um, maybe I just have blocked out or, you know, don't remember. So I I think that there is that. I think for the most part, she, in terms of like um, our relationship with Rob and um, would have a very similar feeling. I mean, they had their own journey into getting mm-hmm. to know each other and their own relationship, but I know she feels the same with me and just in terms of the connection and the, um, the feeling of respect and love for him that I have, she has too. Do you ever now regret or question your decision to divorce? No. Do I question some of the ways I handled things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, as the process got on, we both learned and that was a good thing. We, we, we were able to piece things together as, as we grew. And I know you're sitting next to your daughter, but I'm going to ask the question, do you see long-term damage as a result of your divorce that in some way kept your own daughters from finding their happiness or their path or their own stability? No, I don't believe I do. I think if they would have stayed in a, I want to say troubled marriage, I'm not going to say a bad marriage, but a troubled marriage where, where neither parent was happy and there was tension all the time. I think that would have been much more destructive. And Kara, as you look back now as an adult child of divorce, what would you say to the parents that are sitting, listening, and are so worried about their children, so worried about the future might be, and in some ways may just feel stuck? What advice and wisdom would you offer up to those folks? I would say that seeing um your parents as a child seeing your parents happy is is everything and um and you don't and it takes work to to get to that right and when your kids see that um that's gonna it's gonna be an an incredible example for them that um that that's attainable and that we get to um, make these choices and do the work to 
be happy and find happiness. And so um, I think that that's an incredible thing that my parents modeled to us. And I think that the behind the scenes, like I know now that they were doing a lot of behind the scenes work to, um, to make us still feel safe and loved and a part of something. And when I was a kid, I, I know I'm a little bit of a broken record because I've said this multiple times now. We didn't know all the details of it, but it made all the difference um, because it's the, the family, the divorced family we were part of then still felt, um, we still felt loved. We still felt, you know, like our parents were there for us and that they, res- even if they didn't want to be in a marriage anymore, that they respected each other or found ways to respect each other, even if that respect didn't come easy. Because at times it didn't come easy. There were frustrations. They're humans. So mm. Beautifully spoken. Wonderful sentiment. I know it will be so encouraging to those that are listening in to the Good Divorce Show today. Very special thanks to Kara Dami and her mom, Maggie Hickox, and sharing this part of your life And always, listeners, as you go away today, remember, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Good Divorce Show. We hope today's episode has helped you find a kinder, more sensible, and less expensive path through the divorce journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.